0: I'm Ed Clemente, and we're fortunate today to have, I should pronounce it correctly, Steve, even though you're going to correct me again, but uh, Steve Diocas. Did I get it close? Perfect. Thank you. And he is the director of the U.S. APEC host secretariat. Uh, I know that doesn't probably explain a lot of exactly what you do, but can you kind of tell us, first of all, there's two separate parts in there, APEC, and then what you do separately as the secretariat, too.
1: Sure, Ed, happy to. Uh, I've been on the team since September of last year. We are a team within a team here at the Department of State. Uh, we are the coordinator for U.S. participation in APEC, which is the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation. It's a forum of 21 countries around the Asia-Pacific region who work together to uh, promote trade and investment and economic opportunities across the region. So each year, one of the 21 countries, or in APEC world, we call them economies, hosts for the year. So, this year, 2023, the United States is hosting APEC. So, in order to help coordinate all of the different pieces, logistic pieces, policy pieces uh, of hosting APEC, we've really built up our team. So, I sit here with about almost 20 other colleagues who really help us coordinate the 15 federal agencies that work on APEC issues Also coordinate with the White House, where we take leave from the president uh, on many of our APEC issues and then coordinate with embassies and embassies here in Washington, around the country and with our embassies and consulates in the APEC region to help explain what we do and make sure that the work that we're doing in APEC benefits workers, families and businesses in the U.S., across the region and across the globe.
0: And You know, could you just highlight just who the 21 countries are too, a little bit?
1: Sure. If you were to look at a map of the Pacific Ocean and draw almost a perfect circle all the way around, so the east and west sides of the Pacific. So starting with the U.S., we're looking at the world. Canada is a member Mexico, Peru, and Chile. Then going southwest, New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Brunei, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, Hong Kong. Taiwan, uh, China, uh, South Korea, and Japan are all members. So we have quite a diversity, geographic diversity in terms of size. And pop- we have the, the giant economies like the U.S., China, and Japan. We have some middle-sized economies, the Mexicos and Australias, uh, other regions, and some very small economies like Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea, I forgot to mention. Uh, Brunei, a relatively small. Peru, relatively smaller economies, but all working together. Each Uh, economy or nation at that APEC table has an equal voice. It's a consensus-based body working uh, together to improve uh, lives and livelihoods across the region. So it it started in the late 80s, 1989, first got off the ground, has grown uh, in a couple of waves since then. So we're now at the 21 members currently part of APEC.
0: And all of them had representatives here in the Detroit, in Detroit, or, um, or many of them, as many as you can. I don't right, know how many. All of it. them
1: came to Detroit. We were we brought the whole uh, APEC project uh, to Detroit May 14th through 26th. It was the second big group of meetings we had before I joined the team. I knew APEC as sort of the annual summit that happens each. November and the leaders used to wear funny shirts and they would gather together and talk about (laughs) ways we can work together. And I realized coming to the team, it is far more than just that one meeting with the leaders uh, at the end of the year. It's a series of working groups and ministerial meetings and uh, activities, workshops, site visits over the course of the year. So we did our first big grouping of meetings in Palm Springs, California in February. Then we came to Detroit in May. We'll go to Seattle in July and August, and then we'll finish the year with the big uh, Leaders Week summit in San Francisco in the middle of November,
0: so sort of like uh, when you do have these meetings, are like the Oscars, but there's movies coming out all year round and there's projects going on all year round. But this is a way to bring everybody together at least once,
1: exactly. And and we we want to make sure that we're doing these meetings not just in Washington, where we speak to the you know the regular audience of people who know uh, a lot of these issues that we work on, but to go to places that are significant to the American economy and helping tell their story as part of the broader American story to all of our visitors from the other 20 economies who come and see what's going on here in the U.S. How do we handle a lot of these challenges which are common throughout the region of increasing energy, uh, resiliency, improving uh, supply chains, especially in the week of COVID? How do we work together on health cooperation and setting standards on trade and investment to uh, improve Uh, investment flows and trade uh, flows that bring prosperity to places like Michigan, which has historically been a a major exporter and major innovator, and allowing you know breaking down the barriers that might limit trade from uh, Michigan to some of its its key partners. That's one of the great strengths of APEC. I think is the size. Mention these twenty one countries or economies that participate with us. It's about 40% of the global population, so about 3 billion people. About half of global trade is between these countries, and about 60% of the global GDP or the global economy is among these 21 economies. So the scale of APEC is significant. Also, about 60% of all US exports are to these 20 other countries, and seven of our top 10 trading partners are also APEC members. So what we do To reduce barriers to trade and investment into the US are designed to really help improve lives and livelihoods here in Michigan and across the country, my home state of of Illinois, elsewhere, every corner of the US. We really want to see, share with them the benefits of participation in APEC and broader economic engagement in this very dynamic Asia Pacific region, why it matters to everyone, whether you are. Uh, working for General Motors in Michigan, or you're a cattle rancher in Nebraska, or you're a software developer in Redmond, Washington, all of us really have a stake in what we're doing in APEC. You're
0: listening to The Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. Yeah, and it's interesting that you're a Midwesterner, you're a Chicago guy, at least a suburban Chicago guy, but I'm sure you tell people where you're from, you say Chicago, just like I say I'm from Detroit, because people kind of know cities almost more than they do states a lot of times. And so when you travel, I'm sure there's a lot of people, I'm sure even where you work uh, are from the Midwest because a lot of people like to work in D.C. or just, you know, when they get their degrees, they just work somewhere else a lot of times that that you probably had a lot of people who had some experience. But you did say something interesting to me in the little bit of the prep call is how many people who had never been here before and what their impression was?
1: Yeah, it was really amazing. Everybody on both the U.S. team uh, and from the other economies that came to Detroit were so impressed by what they saw. Many Americans in particular had been near or through or around Detroit, but very few had spent much time in the city, uh, including myself. I, I had been through uh, Detroit on the way to Canada many times, went over the Ambassador Bridge. Uh, But I hadn't really spent much time in the city until we were on the ground and we were just amazed by what we saw, the voices we heard, the pride and particularly the passion of of Detroiters for the city uh, and what's going on and telling that story. We had a a reception where Mayor Duggan was uh, very involved in a lot of the events at APAC. We heard from the deputy mayor, came and spoke to us at a welcome reception and he told the story of how we did an event at the Colony Club in Detroit. And he had last been there 28 years ago when he was uh, in uh, training to be a police officer. And that was part of the police academy. uh, Of just how that building symbolized the changes in the city of Detroit and, and the really tough situation the administration faced when they came on board in 2014. And just how much they've done to, you know, with the nuts and bolts of getting the city running smoothly and working well and then inviting investment people to come and take part of this great energy and enthusiasm the innovation that we had uh several of our uh, groups go out and visit uh, see some of these uh, sites in action but also hear the voices making sure that we incorporated uh workers uh, diaspora communities small business chambers uh all of these folks be part of this conversation that we have our our theme for the APEC year is, Creating a resilient and sustainable future for all. So really touches on, on three key issues of resiliency, sustainability and inclusion. And Detroit was a a great destination, a great place to host because of the story that Detroit and the people of Detroit can really tell about how they are uh, transitioning the city to a really bright and very exciting future. And we heard from many of our colleagues coming from uh, overseas. Of, you know, they're going back with this question of, well, where's our Detroit in South Korea or Japan or Indonesia or Australia? And what can we learn from what we saw uh, from the Detroit example that we could incorporate with us, whether it's on skills training, whether it's on investment promotion, whether it's on uh, cultural connectivity, whether it's tapping diaspora communities of folks who come from around the world, very rich. Uh, communities in in Detroit and really using all of the resources, being very thoughtful, very inclusive in taking the best ideas and the best innovations and really putting them to work for the city, the state and the country.
0: Well, from the view of looking at you guys coming here, I was very excited. And we we at the MEDC, uh, Michigan Economic Development Corporation, have been uh, I know we are tangentially involved with you on different parts, but I specifically was with you on the U.S. APEC 2023 host. We were the minority-owned business roundtable in Detroit. We did it with Global Ties Detroit. I was there on behalf of the MEDC. And, you know, we had Matt Murray, Pamela Fon, and Dilawar Saeed. And um, all three of them spoke, and we had a pretty Interesting representation at the meeting. I don't know if you were at that one. I can't remember. But I there was a lot of people there i had never met before. But it was just really exciting to see at how you know we could be part of it. And I and you know, I'll tell you one other side story through Global Ties, Detroit. Um, we work a lot with the US department, like at IVLP programs. And so, but we had a group in not too long ago that was from Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, and they wanted to see how we handled the border crossing because we do such a good job with it here. I mean, we're one of the bigger border crossings, you know, for the United States. And, but they were, because they were having problems, obviously, with Brexit and uh, the EU. So they wanted to see how we did it. So like at a business level, even we do a lot of things a little differently here because we're a border city. And I think that was kind of interesting for some of your guests. And is that one of the reasons you picked Detroit, or was it just more about just the city itself, or any other things? No, but that's for honey,
1: no. I, I should have mentioned that, that was another big area. I was cross border trade at uh, that uh, Detroit Windsor border crossing. I think is is not just one of the busiest in the country, but in the, in the world. Uh, and the, the volume of trade uh, and tourism that crosses that border every day is really amazing. And that was one of the stories we wanted to tell. There was. Uh, An event that uh, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg, who was there for the transportation ministers meeting, the first time the APEC transportation ministers have gathered since 2017, did an event with his Canadian counterpart uh, down at the Port of Detroit, sort of talking about how we can improve uh, sort of port facilities and make them cleaner and greener uh, as a significant portion of our international trade goes on ships. And uh, we still need to, to find a good way that we can help. Uh, reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions from shipping. It's one of the biggest uh, sources of shipping that we haven't really been able to fit into our international agreement. So finding ways that we could talk together, yeah, that cross-border element was a big part of what we do. Well, you know,
0: Mr. Buttigieg, as you know, lives in Michigan, but yeah. I know he, he used to be the mayor of your alma mater city uh, yeah, <laughs> where you went to man. Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. And so he's another Midwest guy that's, I think he lives in the Driver city area
1: now. Yeah, no. And I think that's one of the things we really, and I, I personally have a, a great interest in is making sure, as I said earlier, that people across the country, not just on, you know, on the East and West coasts are really tracking what we're doing in sort of international engagement and, and uh, trade and transportation, all these kind of issues, but everybody, wherever you're from, but especially uh, in the, the Midwest, which is, you know, historically- been a great crossroads for us. City of Chicago was really founded because of the its nexus uh, on water and then rail and then now air and increasingly on digital and cyberspace, you know, being that sort of avenue for cooperation and finding ways that we can make trade and education and all other kind of services more smoothly operational, benefiting more people across the, the region and the country and uh, the entire world and working together with our partners, again, the size and scale of APEC what we do really matters. If we can make, you know, uh, get our regulatory systems a little bit smoother. So many of the American technology companies, big, medium, or small are the best in the world at what they do and making sure that they're able to play on a level playing field across the region. And some of our biggest trading partners helps uh, promote this economic growth uh, resiliency here in the U S provides a lot of opportunities for people, whether you're in Detroit or Uh, in the Upper Peninsula or scattered anywhere across the country that you have that same digital opportunity, you know, access to the technology and then the networks to do your thing, whether you're running a small business or you're an entrepreneur or you are working remotely for a company based somewhere else that you can live uh, where, where you choose to but really continue to add significant economic value. That's the kind of issues that we're really working on. One of the big issues we'll focus next month when we're out in Seattle is working on, uh, we call it program of digital month of finding ways that are again, our 21 countries part of APEC can work to, uh, increase uh, digital, uh, cooperation, digital trade, uh, finding better ways to do deliver digital health solutions, uh, promoting innovation and creativity, uh, all the many, many different aspects. The entire economy now is digital. People say, you know, we talk about digital companies and the rest of the economy and say, we're all digital companies now. Uh, Maybe a a couple of degrees uh, of variation on it, but it's essential what you do, whether you're a farmer or a rancher or a manufacturer, coder, teacher, student, or just a regular uh, citizen who's just curious about learning of the world or traveling around the world. We're all uh, part of that digital economy.
0: Yeah. In fact, um, we have an organization, uh, two of them actually, that worked particularly on industry 4.0. It's automation alleys one and uh, a new one uh, with Cynthia Hutchinson's running with the world economic forum now. And I don't know if you had a chance to meet with them, but they will be a future guest. But the, uh, another plug I should have mentioned was for Sue Koo from your staff. She did a great job organizing that event along with Marion Reich to put that on. And I know that, uh, It turned out, you know, you never know because you don't have like a lot of time because there's so many other moving parts. But it was very fortunate that we were able to work with you guys on that. And so also as APEC, as you said, it's in Seattle coming up. Uh, We know that. uh, So is this something that APEC, even though it's, you know, we always think of the Pacific Ocean, uh, but Does, is there like more you're going to be doing in the Midwest or like in the South or other parts of the country now? Is that kind of more of an initiative?
1: Yeah, we, so we had a little bit of a a short runway to uh, host APEC. So we put up our hand in 2021 and were confirmed last year. So we had usually the APEC hosts are the drone a couple of years in advance, but nobody had put up their hand for 2023. And so we jumped in and said, we're happy to do it because it really is an important part of what the United States is doing in terms of engaging economically in this critical region, but also working with partners uh, around the world to help uh, advance initiatives that benefit the US of course, but also help uh, raise uh, levels of prosperity across the region. Um, so we were able to, as we looking, once we had that window, we're gonna be hosting, try and disperse the uh, sites as, as broadly as we could. Had a little bit of a challenge, we, as I learned the hard way that a lot of major events are planned you know, five, six, seven years out. And so finding space for the scale of what we do just in Detroit, we had 1300 people uh, coming for a couple of weeks. And so finding just simply a you know, meeting space in hotel rooms is a bit of a challenge. So I, I wish we could have maybe had one more series of meetings somewhere, maybe in the, in the South or Southwest. Fortunately, logistics and timing didn't allow us to do it, but we certainly don't want that time that we spent in Detroit to be a one off. We really want to continue to stay engaged with the people of Detroit Hearing their thoughts, their ideas, we use we talk all the time about this role that we have for the private sector for businesses, big, medium, and small, feeding into what we do is the special sauce of APAC. A lot of times, we have governments talking to governments about business and the economy and all these things that we should be doing without really talking to those businesses. So we have many formal and informal ways for the private sector to talk about these issues that we work on, give us ideas that help us think about and say, what do we want the president in November when he's out in San Francisco to say, here's some initiatives that we've agreed upon this year that were priorities for the US that we want to carry on into the future. So whether they're about the digital economy, whether they're about the just energy transition, uh, whether they're about providing new health solutions, providing economic opportunities for women, helping increase our Resilience after dis- natural disaster strike, all of these things, getting feedback from private sector people who are on the ground, creating ideas, employing people, uh, investing, growing their businesses, increasing uh, employment, and providing a, a really rich economic environment for wherever they are to continue to be part of this conversation. So we encourage people who are new to APAC or continuing their work to continue to write about it, think about it, talk about it, whether it's on a uh, you know, in in the media formally, in their own private conversations or, or, or work groups, following us on LinkedIn at our handle at APEC US-A-P-E-C, following what we're doing uh, and finding ways to plug in. We'll continue to do in-person and remote events as many as we can through this year. But our our work on APEC doesn't stop when we finish our host year and hand off next year to Peru. Uh, but we'll continue to work on these issues uh, and continuing to find ways to get Good ideas from people across the country, Michigan, Illinois, everywhere, uh, that we can help sharpen and refine U.S. policy to make sure that it delivers for U.S. workers, families and businesses.
0: Well, and, you know, I, I think you probably had a chance to meet our governor. She was probably at one of the events, I'm sure. But she's been very aggressive, along with Quentin Messer, the head of the MEDC, to do more foreign direct investment. You know, we have obviously Mary Barra, I think, is on apex board or something so we do have a lot of international companies in the state as well as uh, a lot of international companies period especially through automotive mobility sectors but we also have had a lot of traditional companies which you really don't think about like carhartt or pfizer or you know other ones that you wouldn't think about that are been here with kellogg's you know food food products a lot of them so uh anything I think that we can do. And is there any other sort of uh, future trends you wanted to plug beyond? I think you hit quite a few, but if there's anything else you wanted to mention or any other stakeholders or partners you wanted to mention before we finish up here.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for mentioning that piece on investment. That's a big part of the story that we also want to tell of these 21 APEC economies combined $1.7 trillion of investment in the U.S., employing about 2.3 million American workers. So there is a huge imprint of a lot of these countries, and especially uh, just in the last couple of years, I was reading just from South Korea, one of the our APEC partners, one of the biggest investors in the U.S., just since the start of the Biden-Harris administration, $100 billion of new investment into the United States, just from South Korea. And these are places all over the country, not... But was just those places that we would always think of investing uh, in California or Illinois or other places, but in Georgia and Tennessee and Michigan and everywhere. So, yeah, that investment is a really big piece of what we want to do. And my hope, well, always we said before the start of the year, my hope is that at the end of this year, when we finish hosting APAC and we pass the torch to Peru, who will take the baton from us, is that we have really increased The understanding of the average American in both what APEC is, but also why engaging economically with this Asia-Pacific region is important to everybody. And that's one of the challenges I've been at the State Department for about 20 years. Most of my career has been overseas, but done a fair bit here in the U.S., is we haven't done a really good job connecting the dots and telling the average American why foreign policy matters to them and their communities and their livelihoods and getting out and about through great opportunities like speaking with you uh, and speaking to other audiences across the country, going back to our hometowns and talking about, you know, I came from a, you know, I was graduate of this high school and I never thought about a career in foreign policy or foreign economics when I was 16 or 17. And I've had this incredible opportunity to travel the world to talk about and promote how American companies do what they do best. I served in Australia and Japan and China Montenegro, and the former Yugoslavia in Europe. Uh, All of these great things, telling these American stories to audiences and helping American companies do what they do best. Also, you know, helping promote inward investment into the U.S., making sure that companies can take advantage of the enormous skills, uh, the reliability of the legal system, the transparency of what we do, and the dynamic growing American economy that we're able to benefit people. So that, I think, is my hope to continue to carry on this real passion that I have and so many of us around the State Department for telling that story in a better way, making sure that people across the country really understand uh, what we're doing and how their voices and their input to us can help make that better. That we don't want this to be a one-way conversation just us telling what we do, but also soliciting ideas and opinions. What's working well? What's not working well? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? Uh, that's really, really important to us as as we work to carry forward uh, as much as we can to to keep growing the American economy and increasing prosperity across the, the whole yeah, country.
0: We're also fortunate, too, that we have the U.S. Department of State's diplomat and residence at the University of Michigan, Lou Finter, who was at that meeting exactly. as well. And he's always trying to recruit more people for the U.S. Department of State to go into because it's something I'm like you, where if I would have known about this, I Probably would have changed my career at some point earlier, but uh, it's it's just so glad you guys came here. We appreciate APEC, all the hard work you guys do, and for you hosting it here. And we're glad Detroit made a good impression on you. We are always hustle harder here in Detroit, so we uh, appreciate you guys uh, taking a look at us and opening up some opportunities for us as well. Uh, Thanks again. Once again, our guest was Steve Diokas. He's the director of the U.S. APEC House Secretariat. Thanks again, Steve, for doing the show today.
1: Thanks so much for the invitation. It was a real pleasure. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan
0: Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.